Hi guys, welcome to another episode uh, from BetfairTradingCommunity.com of our podcast. And today we've got a very special, a special podcast for you because I have a special guest and uh, you're not going to believe that I've been able to obtain him. You know, it's, uh, I don't know how, how we got him on board, but we did. It's our very own Ryan Carruthers. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Martin. I mean, how am I supposed to follow that introduction? Everything I say from now is going to be downhill off that introduction, isn't it? I didn't know you had that in you, to be honest. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, it just made me laugh because I thought we've got a special guest, you know, and uh, obviously it was it's one of our own. So actually, I was, I was being a bit, I was joking about really, it wasn't that difficult to get you, but uh, still great to have you here. He's obviously, one of our was, own. You are. He's one of our own, Harry Kane. I like that. I think, uh, well, this is good for our, I don't know how we're going to decide though, because what we do with YouTube is I joked about having a competition with you that, you know, who would get the most views. But if we're both on the same podcast, how are we going to decide who's the winner? I think if I introduce it, I'm the winner. And if you introduce the podcast, you're the winner. Oh, what? I think we need... I think we need something more than that. And I was saying to you before we did this podcast as well about how I'm going to put a tweet up. So it'll go from Betfair Trading Community's Twitter. So make sure you follow that. It will be at Betfair, big T, big C. And it'll just be about this podcast. So what I would love you guys to do is head on over to that tweet. You'll see it. And just let us know what your sort of takeaway was from this podcast. We want to know what the big takeaway was. And um, yeah, just interact with us on there. And you might find that every single month, if it takes off and if it works and you guys actually engage with it, we might have a little prize for people that tell us what their big takeaway was. Yeah, that's a good idea. And that's the thing. We want to we want to incorporate both of us into these podcasts moving forward. So, you know, if you do listen to this and if it's a success, obviously we'll carry on. Um, so, yeah, like I say, we do want to get these going with the two of us and I think bring in someone you know obviously I've been doing these podcasts for a long time on my own and you know I think sometimes it's just good to have someone to bounce off and obviously Ryan will have different ideas to me on certain things so it's important that you guys are getting all the best perspectives you can get on trading and today's topic we're going to talk about is laying the draw in football and um, so we're going to give basically our opinions on that and um, so Ryan Obviously, you're a massive advocate of laying the draw in football. What's kind of your favourite time to place it? You know, when do you place that trade in general? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, like you say, I'm a huge favourite and a, a big advocate of lay the draw. And I know that a lot of the naysayers are going, oh, lay the draw is boring and oh, it doesn't work. But until the rules of football change, then lay the draw will always work because football is decided on goals. There's either goals or there's not. And then that means there's a winner or a loser or draws. Simple. Um, so for me, there's two times that I will enter a lay the draw. The first one is the one that I've been doing for 10 years. I mean, I've made a whole career out of this and I get in pretty much from the start. Um, so I'm in at the start and I'm out by 70 minutes if there is no goals. And then the second one is a very similar, um, it's a lay the draw trade, but I'm getting in at half time and I am pretty much in for the whole half there. Yeah, so that's good. That's good to get in. And then, so you're, ex so you're exiting after that. Yeah, I'll exit on the sort of second half one. 
I'll I'll exit if there is a goal. I'll take my profit and I'll move on. If there's not a goal, then I am pretty much out by sort of 70, 75, um, 75 minutes, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, and that's the, the key thing with that is obviously that's something that you've researched and looked into over the years. Obviously, your bet green strategy um, that's well known within the Betfair Trading Community Forum. So if you remember, guys, um, get on the forum, look into the Bet Green strategy. It's actually on our trading section on the website as well. You can read a free, uh, proper write-up of that strategy. And I remember, Ryan, actually, I, I started following that strategy before I even... Well, I think Betfair Trading Community had just started, but basically I followed it when Bet Green was a thing. Wow. Um, so that's how old this... I mean, how many years ago did you start that strategy? Oh my God. So I started that strategy. Wow. Well, I was 18 when I started on Betfair. I'm 33 now. And Jesus Christ, am I one of the longest running traders? Like, is that crazy? Uh, so I must I have been. For putting, I think for putting out advice and content, definitely. That is you know. ridiculous. Uh, so I must have been sort of 19. When I started that lay the draw strategy, so I've been using that for a very, very long time. Wow! So that's like what nearly fifteen years now. Yeah, and it still works. That's the thing. That's the thing I find with a lot of betfair markets is that, uh, and I think I talked about this a bit the other day that when you do find something that has an edge or can beat the market, the market doesn't often react. You know, the markets tend to follow set patterns and stay the way they are. I mean. Cricket is a great example of this when we lay the, funnily enough, laying the draw in cricket um, in test matches. And the market just never, ever catches up. It never seems to have the right odds. And year after year, you can just make money laying the draw in test cricket. And, and that's what we've done. Um, but it just it always kind of surprises me that the markets don't correct themselves. But I think a lot of what a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of trading, especially on football, people start to overreact to things and a lot of the money being pumped into the market is from people who are panicking, you know, that either their, their first bet isn't going the right way or that they, their trade isn't going how they'd hoped. Um, and so, you know, obviously bookmakers, they don't, the thing with bookmakers is they use statistics and things, but really the way they build their markets is just purely based on where the money's going. Mm. You know, so if loads of money is coming in on something, they shorten the price. That doesn't matter who it is. You know, talking about Harry Kane earlier, if Harry Kane walked into a bookmaker and put a million pounds on a bet or did it on Betfair, the price would come crashing in. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean he's got great information or he, he's a good trader. It's just the fact that markets react to money, right? So, and again, I think, I think, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why you were able to profit off that strategy for so long right yeah i agree you know markets react to to money and when the when the market is live and things are happening money's coming in and then when when goals come in it's an event so people will then start you know backing various different things so the market will react to that there's a goal that's happened so maybe like man city have gone one nil up so people are going to start going oh man city actually going to win this game and 
a lot of people then are back in Man City, so their price is gonna is gonna change, and then something else has to happen. So you know the dog price is is going out, the draw is probably coming in a little bit as well, going out, doing whatever it's doing. So yeah, it it just works. You know, I I've said for years that you don't need to overcomplicate trading. I think too many traders think that it's it's got to be complicated. And I think there's a little bit of probably self-sabotage in there, like a fear of, of success, um, which is a whole like new topic that we could talk about. I always think that it's like driving a car. You know, you can go and get driving lessons and you can do that intensive one that's a week. They'll teach you how to drive. But they won't teach you how to actually react on the road. You need to be out on the road to do that. It's the same with trading. It's like I can teach you to trade probably in one YouTube video. Like I can teach, I, I've given away strategies on YouTube that I use. I did a video like two, three weeks ago where I literally broke down everything I'm doing on Betfair. I give all of my strategies away, everything. But to actually train your mind and use your mind, that that takes weeks and months and, and years, to be honest. And it's still something that I have to, to work on all the time. Yeah, and, and for me, with Lay the Draw, so I kind of have a slightly different approach to Ryan in terms of odds. So when I lay the draw, it's usually because the draw price is a lot shorter than the next goal price. Um, and what I like to do is find matches where the two teams are relatively similar prices. So let's say it's half time in a match. Um, and, you know, the, the home teams, let's say they're around three point. Let's just say everything's around 3.0, right? So the home team, the away team and the draw. Now, I quite like to lay the draw in this situation because I know that it doesn't really matter who scores the goal. The draw odds should drift, right? So all I really need in that situation is one goal and that's profit. But also I'm not having, let's say the next goal odds, let's say laying, you know, the next goal to be scored is 1.2 or backing it is 1.2, laying is around 6.0. Well, I don't really feel comfortable laying those odds. Yes, I expect a goal. But if I can lay the draw at 3.0 rather than laying next goal at 6.0, I've got a much less liability in that situation, which is as a trader is something I'm always thinking about. How can I get good profit but still not be maxing out and having massive liabilities? Um, so I think lay the draw. I think a lot of people who go for and we're going to talk actually in the next podcast about the late goal, so I won't talk too much about that here. But I think people who do trade the late goal don't dismiss the lay the draw option, okay? Because, you know, even if it's late on in the game, um, if the odds are still quite far apart, it's worth doing. Now, what you'll find is that as it gets later in the game, it's not worth laying the draw because the next goal odds will pretty much be the same odds. So you might as well just go for one more goal, lock in the win, because, you know, with lay the draw, one thing you've got to be a little bit wary of on, on lay the draw is that when a goal goes in, you're not guaranteed a profit. Right? Mm in any situation i'll tell you why because a minute later if another goal goes in and betfair hasn't unsuspended and you haven't managed to <laughs> cash out or trade out you know mm. you're in trouble in that situation um and, and it can be a bit of a sticky spot I, i'm just wondering ryan how do you react in that situation i don't react is the honest truth it's um 
I think one of the things that you've got to understand with trading is that anything can happen. And that is a a real possibility. So one of the things that I I do before I do any trade is I think about sort of a few questions. You know, what's the upside? What's the downside? And can I handle the downside? So I go through those questions. So what's the upside on a lay the draw? Well, I can make 30, 40, even 50% return on my on my stake. Great. Okay. What's the downside? Well, I could lose a big chunk of my stake and my liability. How could that happen? Well, that could happen by the game being a draw or, you know, two quick goals. So a 1-0 and then a 1-1. One, one. Um, and then can I handle the downside? Yeah, I can handle the downside. How can I handle the downside? Well, my experience will help me handle the downside. What can I, what can I do about that game? So a lot of people panic in that situation, but you've got to realize what's actually happening in the game. You know, what, what point is that happening in the game? If this is happening in the first half, why are you even panicking? You know, you know your entry point, you know your exit point, you've already predetermined them. So for me, if I'm waiting until 70 minutes, nothing has changed because it's exactly the same as a nil-nil. In fact, actually, it's probably better because I know that the teams can score. So it's actually showed me that defences can be breached. Fantastic. Yeah. But if think- that ha- Sorry, if that happens later, it's just part of part of parcel of trading for me. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah, and I think and I think the thing is that it's clear that you've got a plan. You stick mm. to it. Right? Yeah. See, this is why I'm talking about when I'm when I'm mentioning about people who just react and overreact to things. That's not a good way to trade. So the reason the markets are often badly priced and the reason we're able to make money, you know, over time is the fact that people react and get worried. So if you got into a situation where you thought you'd won your trade then it gets to 1-1 one, one. you didn't have a chance to cash out and you're staring at a red screen again looking at a loss a lot of people that that affects their mind and then they maybe make a mistake you know they don't stick to their plan maybe they just take that loss at that moment because they're so infuriated about it or they just let the trade run the whole time. They were planning to get out, but they go, no, because I should have won it. So I'm just going to let it run. And they they run down 100% of their stake and there's not another goal. Um, and then obviously a lot of the time that leads to worse things and more chasing. And, and once you get into those kinds of habits, it's not a good thing. And obviously it's something you need to break. Um, so I think just kind of, just kind of to round it off really, um, my perspective on lay the draw is that it's it's been a staple of betfair trading for years and years i think it's a, it's a great strategy to adopt and employ i think anyone who's doing it obviously as we always say test 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 before you put your money on make sure it's a good strategy make sure you've got an edge on the market um and yeah that that's kind of my strategy so ryan what's your kind of concluding thoughts on it yeah, I mean, I'm going to go in favour of lay the draw um, and hopefully give you some actionable advice of what I would do. You know, you you said just then, and I'm a huge advocate of this as well, test, test, test. So, and I banged on about this for ages, but if you think about what has to happen for that strategy to, to be profitable, then get that information before your trade and after. So, for example, if you want to do the the lay the draw from the start. Well, what has to happen? Well, there has to be a goal between zero and 70 for you to be able to get out. Okay, we'll go and find that information. 
And then what else has to happen? Well, we have to have shots on target. We have to have shots off target. We have to have corners. How many of those do we need for a goal? Well, you can go and find that information out. Once you've got all of that data, then that gives you a list of games to to go and lay the draw on. You know, I have an odds filter on that and I've, I've shared this filter on YouTube for free. And also you can get the exact selections that I do from the, the community, BTC. You can get my filter, it's on there. And then from there, it's like, well, why don't we track the results? So if we know that we need three shots on target for a goal, well, are we tracking shots on target for our selections that we're doing? Because what you can do there is you can start to see the patterns between the winners and the losers. And once you start seeing the patterns, then you can start, it gives you really, really good data to know what you're looking for. So this is how you can then extend your trades. You can reduce them in terms of like, oh, well, this isn't going to plan. Well, actually, I've got the data that says if it follows this pattern, I should probably get out before so you're maximizing your profit. That's just exactly what I do. I take that mentality into my trades and just follow that. And it doesn't need to be super complicated. It's just literally what has to happen and then track that data so you go find those trades and then you track that data and then it you put away half an hour a week or a month, look through your data, see what the winners, the losers have in common, grab yourself a nice coffee and just do that. And that that alone is like the best advice I can give you for trading on, on the exchanges. Yeah, that's that's fantastic advice, Ryan. And guys, like like I always say, and like we always say, think about how you can apply what you've heard today to your trading, okay? Because it's great hearing from me and Ryan, great hearing our stories, our histories. But the reality is what we're really interested in and what really matters is your trading. Okay, so apply this to yourself. Work out what you can do. Is this a market you want to trade? Maybe it's one you've looked at, but you're not really sure how to approach it. Well, Ryan's given you some incredible advice on how to do that today. Um, So, yeah, guys, thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you, Ryan, uh, for joining me today. Um, you know, I look forward to the next podcast and we'll be back with another one soon. Thank you for having me.